the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Shepherding sounds fun, but it's actually hard work. And in ancient Israel, it was, it was dangerous work. You know, thieves and robbers would try to steal your sheep. In fact, in verse 10, Jesus said that the thief wants to steal, kill, or slaughter and destroy the sheep. So a shepherd in ancient Israel may face a situation where he has to fight off thieves to defend his flock. This fallen world is full of wolves. As Pastor Dan leads us through today's message, we once again will find Jesus comparing humans to sheep. Sheep are a vulnerable, virtually powerless animal. Their best defense is their submissive nature. As humans, especially in the modern Western world, we don't like the idea of submission. We pride ourselves in being free individuals. Submitting to Christ requires admitting your vulnerability and acknowledging your desperate need for help. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jesus says here, the way that this is constructed in the Greek, the emphasis is, listen, I am the shepherd, the good one. That's the order in the Greek. I am the shepherd, the good one. In contrast to all the bad ones you've had before me, I'm the good one. I'm the good one. You know, that's why we look to Jesus to shepherd us because he's the good shepherd. He's the good one. We look to him to lead us and protect us and provide for us. We, we don't look to people to shepherd us. We don't look to institutions or government to shepherd us. We look to Jesus, the good shepherd. When we come alongside someone to, to help them or counsel them in whatever they're going through, we point them to the good shepherd. We point them past ourselves and any, any answers or thoughts or ideas we may have and we point them to Jesus. We point them to the good shepherd. Jesus is, you know, Jesus is called the wonderful counselor in the book of Isaiah. He's called the prince of peace, the source of peace. And so we point them to the good shepherd. And look at verse 11 again when he says, I am the good shepherd. The word good here, if you're a note taker, this word good, it, it means good in a moral sense, like morally good, but it means more than that. The word good also means beautiful, excellent, attractive, handsome, lovely in every way, on all levels, 
See, everything about Jesus is beautiful. He's the excellent shepherd. He's altogether lovely, it says in the Song of Solomon. He's altogether lovely. He's desirable in every way. No one compares to him. He is the shepherd above all shepherds. He's the good one, the preeminent one, the preeminent shepherd above all shepherds. How many of you know that personally? How many of you here can say, I know that Jesus is the good shepherd because I've experienced his goodness, right? Amen is right. He's the good shepherd. And look at verse 11 one more time. The shepherd, the good one, he demonstrates his goodness. He demonstrates his excellence as a shepherd by dying for his sheep. By dying for his sheep. Verse 11 again, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus will say this four times in this chapter. That he gives his life for the sheep. Now, shepherding. Shepherding sounds like a lot of fun. You know, you're, you're outside, right, all day, and, you know, beautiful scenery. You know, there's, there's solitude, there's tranquility. You don't have to talk to anybody. You know, there's, there's, no, there's, no, uh, there's no desk, there's no phone, there's no emails you have to return, there's no reports to write, there's no deadlines. There's no boss. There's no coworkers. Did I mention you don't have to talk to anybody? Where are my introverts here, right? Doesn't that sound wonderful? Right? You come home from work. Your wife says, how was your day? Great. I didn't talk to anybody all day long. Yeah? Anything interesting happened? No, I just sat outside all day. And doesn't that sound great? Sounds wonderful. <laughs> but shepherding sounds fun, but it's actually hard work. And in ancient Israel, it was, it was dangerous work. You know, thieves and robbers would try to steal your sheep. In fact, in verse 10, Jesus said that the thief wants to steal, kill, or slaughter and destroy the sheep. So a shepherd in ancient Israel may face a situation where he has to fight off thieves to defend his flock. And besides thieves, there were wild beasts that would attack a flock of sheep. Uh, in ancient Israel, there were wolves and bears and, and lions. Uh, and a shepherd had to contend with wild animals attacking his flock. Uh, last night I did a little reading and, and just, you know, this is free information. Uh, in the United States, each year, there are 230,000 sheep that are killed by wild animals. Uh, so it's still, it's still a big, big deal. Uh, with, with shepherds having to defend their sheep. In ancient Israel, there were wild beasts. Uh, and listen to this, First Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. Listen to what David says about being a shepherd. First Samuel 17, 34, G, uh, David talks about taking care of his father's sheep. And this is what he says. He says, and when a lion or a bear came, and you could stop right there. If you were writing this, if you were David, what would you say next? And I ran, right, for my life. And I, and I guess the lion ate all the sheep. I don't know. I never went back. But David says, And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Whoa. But wait, he's not done. 
And when it turned on me, I caught it by the beard and I killed it. What? So first of all, you know, uh, this apparently happened more than once while David was watching his father's sheep. Because David didn't say, there was this one time, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. A lion came. Right? I remember once when I was about 10 years old, I lived in Florida, uh, and I had a a family member who lived down the road a little bit from us, down this, this dirt road that we lived on. Uh, and their house was on a bayou. And I remember I was in their backyard and I was fishing and they had this little cement platform right on the edge of the water. And I was sitting in a lawn chair and I had my feet dangling in the water. I'm holding my fishing pole. And as I'm sitting there, an alligator popped its head up right at my feet. And I jumped up and I started running. I was 10 years, 10 years old. Uh, this, just, just last April, just a month ago, I was down in Florida with my family. I was back at that house with my brother-in-law And we walked down by the water. And don't you know I was looking for that alligator? Forty years I got my kids. They don't get too close to the water. There's alligators here. Right? You know? I never forgot it. David here, it seems for him, this is something that happened on more than one occasion when a lion or a bear snatched one of the lambs out of the flock. And David says when it happened, he went after it. He didn't run the other way. He ran after it and he rescued the lamb. And then when the lion or the bear turned on him and attacked him, he says he grabbed it by the beard and he killed it with his bare hands. Killed a lion, killed the bear. That's pretty intense. Shepherding was dangerous work, serious business. The shepherd risked his life for the sheep. And Isaiah 31, it talks about when a lion comes around you know, the, the town, around the village, the people of the village call the shepherds to go fight the lion. You got a lion hanging around the town, get the shepherds out there. Why the shepherds? Because that's what they do. Shepherds kill lions. So they sent the shepherds. The shepherds, they will lay down their life to protect the sheep. It's just what shepherds do. And verse 11 says, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And again, four times Jesus will say this in John chapter 10. He gives his life or he lays down his life for his sheep. That word for there that he uses in verse 11, for the sheep. It's the Greek word huper. And it means in place of or on behalf of or instead of his sheep. Jesus Christ died on our behalf, in our place, instead of us, so that we don't have to die for our sins. This is what is called substitutionary atonement. Jesus' uh, death was a substitutionary death. He laid down his life on our behalf. He died for his sheep. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, uses that same word, When it says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. Huper. He became sin for us. It's the same Greek word. He became sin on our behalf. For us. Instead of us. In our place condemned he stood. As the hymn says. Isaiah 53 verse 8 says, 
for the transgressions of my people, he was struck down. For the transgressions of my people, he was struck down. Substitutionary atonement. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep because that's what shepherds do. Now, from a, from a, uh, a practical, um, natural standpoint, if the shepherd is killed fighting off thieves or killed fighting a lion, well, the, then the sheep are left without protection. Then the sheep are vulnerable. If the shepherd dies, the sheep are dead, right? From a, just a practical standpoint. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Our shepherd... He's no ordinary shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the good one. He's the most excellent shepherd. And our shepherd laid down his life for the sake of the sheep. And look down in verse 18. In verse 18 it says, He has the power to take it up again. You see, our shepherd laid down his life, but then he took it up again. The good shepherd was crucified and killed for us, for his sheep. But then on the third day, he came out of the grave. On the third day, he was resurrected. And after he was resurrected, what did he do? The good shepherd began to call his flock back to himself. And the good shepherd has been calling his flock to himself all the way up to this day, calling us by name, out of the world, bringing us into his fold, into his flock. Now, the good shepherd is contrasted here with the hired hand in verse 12, the hireling or the hired hand, the hireling is someone who was hired to watch someone else's sheep. Again, Jesus is referring to the religious leaders here of Judaism. He's, he, he refers to them as hirelings. They're not shepherds, they're hirelings. Verse 12, but a hireling, a hired hand, who is not the shepherd, he's not the one. He's one who does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming, And he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. In this illustration, uh, what does the wolf represent? It, It represents anything that comes to destroy the sheep of God. Whatever it is, anything that comes to destroy the sheep of God. Verse 13, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and he doesn't care about the sheep. For the hireling, it's just a job. The sheep don't belong to him. They aren't his sheep. He doesn't care about the sheep. He doesn't love the sheep. He, does, he, he just cares for himself. He's only in it for personal gain. So when, when danger comes, when a wolf comes or some other wild beast or a thief, he's not going to risk his life. 
He's not going to risk his life for sheep that aren't his. He abandons the sheep and he flees to preserve his own life. And this is the big difference between the good shepherd and the hireling. The good shepherd sacrifices himself to save the sheep. The hireling sacrifices the sheep to save himself. And Jesus says his religious leaders are just hirelings. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. The good shepherd, he he knows his sheep and he's known by his sheep. In other words, the good shepherd has a relationship with his sheep and it's a relationship of love. The good shepherd loves his sheep. That's why he died for his sheep because he loves them. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's why the father gave his son. That's why the son gave his life, because he loves his sheep. Again, in stark contrast to the hireling. The hireling has no love for the sheep that they shepherd. They have no affection, no concern, no compassion. We saw that in chapter 9, the way that the religious leaders treated the man that was born blind, who was miraculously healed and received sight for the first time. What did the religious leaders do with him? They kicked him out. Kicked him out of Judaism. There's no love there. There's no compassion. There's no relationship. Verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Remember Ezekiel 34 talked about the one shepherd. We talked about verse 16 last week. The, the other sheep Jesus refers to in verse 16 are the Gentiles, the non-Jews. We saw last week in verses 1 to 10 that Jesus is calling uh, sheep out of Judaism. And here in verse 16, we see he's also calling Gentiles out of the world. He's calling them out by name to follow him. This is this, these other sheep that he refers to. Probably most of us here are Gentiles. Non-Jews, and he called you by name. And what, did he, and what does it say in the first part of John 10? He led them out. He led us out of the world that we were in and the stuff we were in. He called us out of the world to follow him. And he became our shepherd. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's, he's calling his sheep out of Judaism. He's calling his sheep among the Gentiles out of the world. To himself. You know in Ephesians it says. Before Christ called us. We were without God. In the world. And without hope. That's our testimony. We were without God. In the world. And without hope. And then Jesus our good shepherd. He came and he found his lost sheep. Scattered all over the world. And he called us by name. And he led us out. And into his flock. And Jesus says he's making one flock with one shepherd. And that one flock is the church made of believing Jews and believing Gentiles. And when I say the church, I don't mean a building. I mean the people, right? The sheep, the people are the church, not any building. He's making he's making one flock out of the two. He's making the church. In Ephesians 2, it says Jesus reconciles both Jews and Gentiles to God through the cross. And he brings the good news of peace with God to Gentiles who were far away from God and peace to Jews who were near to God. 
And he's bringing us together into one flock with one shepherd, Jesus Christ, the son of David. Therefore, now watch verses 17 and 18. Therefore, my father loves me. Why does, why does the father love him? Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Now look what it says. This command I have received from my father. The father commanded the son to lay down his life and take it up again. He says he, had, he has the power to do that. And the father commanded the son to lay down his life and take it up again. And the son voluntarily obeyed the father. And so the father loves the son. Why? Because the son obeyed. Because the son was obedient. And in and this, of course, it wasn't an easy command for Jesus to obey. In Gethsemane, remember, he's crying out. He's sweating drops of blood. He says, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus voluntarily obeyed the Father's command to lay down his life and take it up again. Even though it was difficult and hard for Jesus to do, he was obedient. And so the Father loves him because of his obedience. Jesus demonstrated his love for the Father by obeying the Father. And what does Jesus say to us, his disciples? If you love me, what? Keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commandments. We affirm our love for Jesus by keeping his commands. Just as Jesus affirmed his love for the Father by keeping his commands. Finally, verse 19, therefore, there was a division among the Jews, the religious leaders, because of these sayings. And many of them said, well, he has a demon and he's mad. He's insane. Why do you listen to him? Uh, others were a little bit more rational, reasonable, and said, well, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And so there's this division. And some said, well, he has, he has a demon. Others said, well, he, he can't have a demon. A demon wouldn't do this stuff. And so they have this division. They're debating of whether, is, is Jesus demon-possessed? Or not demon-possessed. And you had one camp that said he was demon-possessed. You had another camp that said, no, he's not not demon-possessed. But neither of them said he's Lord. Neither group said he's Lord. Today, you've got people that debate Jesus. He was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was a prophet. But listen, unless you say Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, it, it does no good what else you say about him. Right? Both of these groups here that are divided over who Jesus is, they're, they're both going to die in their sins. The only way that you can be forgiven of your sins is by calling upon Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Coming to that conclusion about him. And so Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the shepherd. He's the good one. He's the beautiful one. And what makes Jesus the good shepherd? Well, first of all, he laid down his life for his sheep. But he didn't stay down. He got back up on the third day. He was resurrected from the dead. Second, he loves his sheep. And he enjoys a close relationship with his his sheep. And third, he's calling his sheep to himself. And he's uniting us together into one fold called the church. With one shepherd, Jesus himself. He's the good shepherd. And there's no other shepherd like Jesus. There's no other shepherd like him. He asked me how I know
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth.